Thanks to your support, The Productive Woman, The Audacity to Podcast, and Once Once Upon a Time Podcast are finalists in the 11th Annual People's Choice Podcast Awards. Thank you very much. Please show your continued awesomeness by voting for our podcast every day, May 29th through June 12th. For quick instructions, our endorsements, and voting reminders, please go to noodle.mx slash podcast awards. And thank you for your amazing support. The Productive Woman, Episode 93. Hello, and welcome to this episode of The Productive Woman. My name is Laura McClellan, and this is a podcast dedicated to productivity for busy women. My goal is to help you find the tools and encouragement you need to manage your time, life, stress, and stuff so you can accomplish the things you care about most and make a life that matters. Thanks for joining me. In this episode, we're going to be talking about living a balanced life, and you'll find links and additional information in the show notes for this episode at theproductivewoman.com slash 93. This episode is brought to you by FreshBooks, an amazing cloud accounting service that can help you manage the finances for your business. If you run a small business, either full-time or as a side thing, you're going to be as excited as I was to see how FreshBooks makes managing business finances so simple, even for a non-numbers-oriented person like me. It starts with a super simple tool for getting invoices created, sent, and paid, which of course is absolutely indispensable for keeping any business going. And it just goes on from there. FreshBooks is offering a full month of unrestricted use of all their, you know, the whole service to all productive woman listeners, totally free. You don't even need to enter a credit card for the trial period. Just visit freshbooks.com slash woman and be sure to enter woman in the how did you hear about us section so they know um, that we sent you. So what does FreshBooks do and why am I so psyched about it? Well, it starts with this really intuitive tool that makes it incredibly easy to create and send invoices. It's just really simple. It takes maybe 30 seconds to create and send an invoice to your customers, clients, whatever. You can add your own logo and customize the color scheme real easily so that the invoice reflects your brand. Your clients can actually pay you online using, you know, PayPal or whatever other services you've set up, which can really improve how quickly you get paid. You know, obviously that's important. Not only that, but they have this, uh, I don't even know how they do this, but they have a way that you can look at an invoice and know whether a client has seen it or not. So there's no more of this, oh, we haven't received it or it got lost. It tracks it for you. And you can even set it up to send late payment reminders to your clients automatically, which means you don't have to spend the time chasing down clients for late payments. I love that because I don't like bugging people about money that they owe me. Um, If you have the kind of a business where you take a deposit at the beginning of a project and then the rest is paid later, you can use their deposits feature, which really streamlines how you invoice for the money up front when you're kicking off your project. But there's more to FreshBooks than just the invoicing. It starts there, but it has so many more features 
that really help keep you organized on the business side of being a freelancer or running a small business. It makes keeping track of your expenses incredibly simple. No more, you know, storing boxes of receipts in the closet or something. Their mobile app lets you take pictures of your receipts and then FreshBooks organizes them for you to process later. It can create expense reports for you and also really simplifies the process of claiming expenses at tax time. Um, all the little details about cash flow are kept in one place. So FreshBooks knows exactly what invoices you sent, when you sent them, who's paid you and who owes you. They also, if, if part of your business involves billing based on the time you've spent, they can handle that in FreshBooks. It can do the time tracking for you so that when it comes time to create the invoice, you'll know what you did and when you did it, and you can bill for that time very simply. The most important thing that you need to know is that getting started on FreshBooks is extremely simple, simple, even if you're not a numbers person, you know, maybe especially if you're not a numbers person. And I, that's me. That's why I'm so excited about it. And as I said, FreshBooks is offering a full 30 days of unrestricted use uh, to all of our listeners, totally free right now, no credit card, anything. So to claim your free month, go to freshbooks.com slash woman. And remember to enter woman in the how did you hear about us section. And let me know what you think. Uh, I'd be real interested to know if you give it a try, if you like it as much as I do. And I'm really grateful to FreshBooks for supporting the productive woman couple quick requests, well, one request. As I'm recording this in June of 2016, we're coming up on a couple of big milestones for The Productive Woman, um, our two-year anniversary of the podcast, and I'm just I'm dumbfounded by that, and also episode 100, which will air in uh, July. So I have some fun things in mind to celebrate those milestones, but I'd really like your help. One thing that you could do, if if you would, is whether you've been listening from the very beginning or just joined the community, if the show has helped you in some way, would you mind sharing that with me? There's a couple ways you could do that. I'd like to incorporate that into the celebration episodes. Um, so there's a couple ways you can do that. You can send me an email at feedback at theproductivewoman.com. Just, you know, a few sentences, whatever you want to say about... Uh, how the show has helped you, what you think of the show, whatever. And let me know if I can share your your feedback by name or if you'd prefer that it be anonymous. Uh, even better than that, consider leaving a voice message by clicking the button either on the website or on the Facebook page. Just, you know, just keep it to two minutes or less of how you found the show, why you listen, how it's helped you, whatever you want to say about it. And I'll be able to play that in, you know, in the show, we're going to incorporate that into the celebration. Uh, in order to give us time to do that, I would love to get your feedback by June 25th. So June 25 of 2016, uh, your feedback would be really greatly appreciated. And one last thing before we start, thanks to you, as I've mentioned before, the productive woman has been nominated and is a finalist in the business category of the 11th Annual People's Choice Podcast Awards. And I am so grateful for that, uh, for your support in that. Now, winners are selected by the votes of listeners just like you at podcastawards.com. 
voting is open now as I'm recording this, and you can vote once each day from May 29th through June 12th of 2016. And it's not just The Productive Woman. Two other shows on the Noodle Mix Network, which we're part of, also are finalists in their category. Uh, categories, uh, the audacity to podcast and also once, once upon a time podcast and several podcasts that are hosted by friends of mine, people that I respect and admire. So, you know, if you don't have other shows that you support in those categories, you could consider them as well for very simple instructions on how and where to vote and where you can, and to sign up for a reminder, a daily email that will come to you to remind you to vote. You can visit noodle.mx slash podcast awards. And, um, it only takes, you know, like 20 seconds to vote once you, once you, you know, look at the, the instructions. If and when you do vote, be sure to watch for the confirmation email that'll come to you and click on the link in it to confirm your vote and check your spam filter if it doesn't show up in your inbox very quickly after you voted. So I really appreciate your support and it, uh, and thank you for that. Okay, so let's get into the main topic of the show. I listened to a conversation recently on a podcast where um, the host was talking about life balance. And it was a very interesting podcast. It was one of those, um, you know, that I've mentioned before, uh, the, the, that's hosted by Brooke Castillo, uh, that I listen to regularly and really appreciated some of the things she had to say, but it got me thinking about balance and, and maybe because I was already thinking about it, I, I started noticing that the subject was coming up in various conversations that I was having including in meetings of the, the the Productive Woman Mastermind groups that we have going on right now. Uh, and then I read an article at, at the office about legal practice that basically said, and I'm paraphrasing the article here, I'll put a, well, I don't have a way to put a link in the show notes, but basically the article said that people who want a work-life balance shouldn't plan to be a lawyer at a large law firm because lawyers at large law firms, it's basically a 24-7 job. You have to be available at all times. And so, you know, I'm reading all that and thinking about the conversations I've had, and it really just got me thinking about the whole concept of a balanced life, of work-life balance, or, or however you want to phrase it, and thought I'd share some thoughts um, with you. So what does it mean to live a balanced life? Generally, the conversation, you know, we're talking about um, balancing out or how, how your time, your energy, and your attention are spent in the various facets of our life, uh, work, relationships like family and friends and so on, our leisure time or relaxation, our physical health, emotional and spiritual growth and well-being and, you know, whatever other areas. And so when we're talking about a balanced life, we're talking about how, how our time, energy, and attention are allocated among those things. Most often, at least, you know, what I, from what I've seen, it's brought up in the context of a discussion about somebody who's, you know, feeling like they're working too much. And so the question is, you know, can we achieve work-life balance and what would that look like? And I was, you know, as I was pondering all of this, I sort of threw the question out on, on the Productive Woman Facebook page of, you know, what do you think of when you hear the phrase work-life balance? 
And a couple of people responded. Uh, Leanne Guzman, who's been a guest on the show, uh, responded and she said, she was pretty blunt about it. She says, I don't believe it exists. Work is part of overall life. It's a necessity, either financially or psychologically or both. The phrase of work life makes it seem like work robs us of life when that's not true. Unless you're addicted to work, then that's a different problem. And she goes on and says some other things. You can check that out in the post on Facebook. But I really, uh, I really, uh, you know, she's, it's a good point. Does it exist? She clearly doesn't think so. She also recommends, made a recommendation. She says, I think the solution is to not look at it as balance, not look at work as robbing you or your family, um, make peace with a holistic look at your life and the place of work in it. Find what works for you and your family, which changes over the years, and don't fall into the comparison trap. Um, Really wise advice, and we're going to talk a little bit more about that as the show goes on. Uh, Another response on the Facebook page came from, and forgive me if I butcher your name here, but Andy Katsimani's. Uh, said, I feel like it's a myth. I prefer to think in terms of seasons. When it's harvest time, there's no balance, just weeks and weeks of hard work. Once the crops are in, there's time aplenty for kith and kin. And so, you know, Andy is looking at the, maybe the broader picture when you're talking about balance or looking at seasons. I think I did, you know, some reading and talking to different people, and I think we, we probably can all agree that uh, when you're talking about living a balanced life, you're not talking about um, having equal or perfect amounts of time spent on each facet of our life every day. Um, That was one of the things that Brooke Castillo said in episode 38 of the Life Coach School podcast, and I'll put a link in the show notes. Uh, One of the things she says is, I don't necessarily think that having a balanced life is having the best life where everything gets equal attention and everything runs very smoothly all the time and everything just gets or gets just enough attention to be mediocre. Uh, And, you know, I, I agree with her. I don't think that it's about having everything perfect all the time. And certainly not every day having just the right amounts of time or equal amounts of time spent on each area of our life that's important to us. I I think looking at balance on a daily basis probably is not very helpful. Um, It's not achievable, at least if we're thinking about balance in uh, the terms of, like I said, perfect or equal amounts of time to each area. Maybe it's better to look at it by the week or the month or the season. Certainly different seasons of life call for focus in different areas. For instance, if you're you're at the stage of life where you're a full-time student, then studying probably takes a high priority, perhaps over other elements of your life, and other things get set aside. If you, um, you know, if you have small children at home and you're home full time, maybe caring for those children is going to take more of your time than, um, I don't know, pursuing a hobby or a volunteer position or something like that. So different seasons of our life uh, create a need for more of our time, our attention, our energy to go to one area of our life 
and less to others. It's so important to recognize that we're human beings, we are not superhuman, and that time, energy, and attention are finite resources. If um, when we're talking about the concept of balance in our life, we have to acknowledge that if one aspect of our life is using a, a disproportionate amount of time or energy or attention or all of the above, then the other aspects of our life necessarily are going to get less. And um, it becomes an issue if we feel like, as, as an individual, you know, uh, if if lots of my time, energy, and attention are going into one area of my life, it's an issue if I feel like that's a problem. And if I feel like other areas that are important to me are getting neglected, and we'll talk more about that whole concept here in a minute, but we have to recognize that we can't, um, we can't work 24-7 and when I'm using the term work there, I, I don't mean just our paid job, but we, we just can't do things 24-7. We've got to have some amount of sleep. We've got to have, you know, time to eat and all of those things. And any, if we're spending, you know, 14 hours a day doing one thing, then as a matter of just science, I guess, we're not doing, we're not, we don't have as much time to allocate to the other things that maybe that we care about. So something to think about. Life balance is is something that we need to think of, I guess, in the broader context and the recognition that life changes and our, um, the way we spend our time the way, what, what our priorities are, the amount of energy we have, all those things change with it. We can certainly have a plan and priorities in place. And we talk about that on the show, how, um, you know, having a plan and setting goals and all those things and looking at our priorities and try to pursue those. But we have to make room for what I call the, but then moments. And, you know, for example, and I'm thinking of my, as I was preparing for this, I was thinking about my husband who's out of town right now. My husband's name is Mike. He had a plan for the summer. He had projects at home that he's working on, projects at work. He had a plan for his use of his vacation time this year. But then baby Eddie, our youngest grandchild was born, uh, our our son Matthew is a U.S. sailor, and he's at sea uh, with his submarine. And his wife Kahi, you know, who gave birth to this baby um, nine weeks prematurely, is um, now basically on you know doctor mandated rest. She's at home with two little boys, with her husband deployed with the military, and she's got a newborn in the NICU. The the neonatal intensive care unit for an extended period of time. The nursery's not ready. There are things that need to be done at the house. Her husband's not there. You know, she needs help. So all of a sudden, this but then moment has changed Mike's priorities, and the decision was made that the best um, option for was for him to go out there and do some of the, he's a really handy fix-it guy, um, to go out and help Kahi out. And so he is spending a week out there with her in Hawaii, 
um, getting the nursery ready, helping with the the two older boys who are at home. So Kahi can spend, she spends several hours a day at the hospital with the baby. And, um, you know, it changed Mike's priorities rather quickly. And, and that's okay. And that's kind of, so is he out of balance right now because he's not at work and he's not doing the projects at home that we intended to do? Not at all. That was a a change in circumstances that changed priorities and his time, attention, and energy are going to something different than what he originally had in mind. So that's how life works, isn't it? You know, we, we, we have to kind of go with it and there's not uh, one single definition of what constitutes a balanced life that we can all look at and say, that's what it needs to look like. It's, how we're defining balance is important, you know, talking about these things and, and what it means to have a balanced life. How, as I mentioned, kind of touched on a little bit ago, how you're spending your time, energy, and attention, whether it's daily, weekly, or, or you know, longer term, is really only a problem if you think it is. It's not what's going on in your life that matters. It's what you think about what's going on in your life and what you decide it means. Uh, and and that's a real important thing, I think, for us as women to think about, uh, not to exclude the guys. I mean, it's important for all of us. You know, are you working long hours at your job? It, it, well, what do you think about that? What does that mean to you? Does that mean you're a neglectful mother or neglectful father? Only if you uh, you decide it is, only if that's the way you're perceiving it. What does it mean if you're not going to the gym regularly? Does that mean you're lazy? Not necessarily. It, it, it only, you know, that may be how you decide to look at it, and that creates a problem in your mind for um, how you feel about the balance in your life. You know, I, for me, this is an example is what, what does it mean if you haven't written a word on your novel in the past week or month or year? Does that mean you're not a writer? Well, only you can decide that. Nobody but you can decide what the right amount of time is uh, to be spent on any of the various things in your life. Are you, um, as you look at how you're spending your time and how you're allocating it among the various things that you could, are doing or could be doing, you know, are you feeling happy and fulfilled? Are you content with the way it is? Then great. If not, then maybe you need to take a look. I mean, being balanced, living a balanced life doesn't mean we're going to be calm and relaxed and satisfied every minute of the day because that's just not how life works. Some days are more hectic than others and that's okay but um, it, when we're considering whether our life is in balance or not, probably the biggest factor about the impact of it is how we're thinking about it. And so I'd encourage you, if you're you know, feeling crummy about the way you're spending your life, start by looking at your self-talk. What are you saying to yourself about yourself? Are you saying, well, other people are getting it all done. Why can't I? Um, I, I would challenge you to, to, to look at that kind of closely because m most people aren't getting it all done. 
And most people aren't living your life. So what other people are doing in comparing ourselves to, you know, how other people are balancing things is not particularly helpful. Are you saying to yourself, well, I just can't do it because I'm just a disorganized person? Well, the fact is organization is a skill. You can learn. You can improve. Um, and, and so, you know, but that's a choice that you can make. So why does it matter to find uh, a balance in your life that works? It, you know, it has impacts um, on our health, whether physical, emotional, or the health of our relationships. If we are misallocating our time, our energy, our attention, uh, we can suffer, you know, health effects. If we're not um, thoughtfully making decisions about how to allocate our time, our energy, and attention, uh, it can affect our ability to make that unique con- contribution to the world that, that we were born for. And it, it, we need to think, I, I think, we need to think about the example we set for the people around us. If you're an employer or a manager, the people who report to you are watching for que- you for cues on how to behave and what's expected. And if you're a parent, certainly your kids watch you, and in, in their eyes, consciously or not, especially when they're younger, you're the model of how life should be lived. So that's why these sorts of things are worth thinking about, in my opinion. So how do we get a balanced life? How do we get to where we can can feel like we're living a balanced life? I think there are some steps to take, and I want to share some of those um, in the last minutes here of this episode. To me, the, the first step is to do an assessment of where you are today. So how are you actually spending your time, your energy, and your attention? Really? I mean, you may think, well, I'm working all the time, and that's why I don't have time to do this other thing that I want to do. But are you really? Are you, I mean, maybe you are, <laughs> I don't know. But but I think this the first step to... Um, uh, I guess making progress is becoming really aware of where you are right now. So maybe spend a week or so tracking how you actually use your time. You know, write it down, keep kind of keep a log of it. I'll try to remember to put a link in the show notes to a simple chart you can use for this, something that I've used at various times to sort of do a, a quick look at, all right, what am I really doing? You know, it, sometimes it can be a little shocking that you discover, well, you know, I thought I don't have time to, you know, work on this project or go to the gym or whatever. Uh, and turns out I'm spending, you know, three hours a day on the, you know, surfing the internet or watching TV or something. And if you want to do that, that's, you know what, it's your life and you can do that. But at least now you've got a realistic, honest look at what you're really doing with your time. And from there, you can make decisions about what, what you want to be doing with it. If you're happy with the allocation, yay, you know, that's, that's awesome. Nobody but you can make that decision and you shouldn't let anybody else be telling you what you ought to be doing with your time. But if you feel like after looking at, at where you really are, if you feel like your life is out of balance, uh, there are some things to consider. Start with why do you feel that way? Why do you feel it's out of balance? 
Are you choosing to do spend more of your time on a certain thing for a, a reason of your own, or are you trying to meet other people's expectations? Um, is it intentional on your part, or is it trying to appease somebody else? On the other hand, are you filling up your time with work as a mechanism, whether conscious or not, for avoiding something else that you say you want to do, but that's hard or you don't know how to get started or how to deal with it, say a troubled relationship uh, or a passion project that just feels overwhelming. If you're, you know, you're struggling, you, uh, your marriage is, is struggling or, uh, but then sometimes it's easier to just work all the time. So you can say, I don't have time to, you know, I, I'm just not going to go home. I'm going to work rather than be there and, and do the hard work of, building a, the relationship or, you know, I want to, I keep coming back to writing because it's on my mind. <laughs> I've got a, a novel I want to finish writing. Um, and it's easier to just work l late than to come home and work on that uh, sometimes. And so sometimes we do that and, and whether we're doing it consciously or not, maybe now's a time to, to take a, an honest look at that and think about it. Are you working overtime or volunteering all the time or tending to other people's needs out of a place of generosity and abundance or out of a desire, whether conscious, conscious or not, to earn their friendship or their approval or to earn your place in the world? Those are some things, you know, look, you know, you, you can look at your own heart and think about if you feel like your life is out of balance and you've looked at where you're spending your time and you feel like you're spending more time than you should in certain areas, look at why and maybe deal with those issues. The other thing to look at is how is it out of, out of balance? It, if you're spending too much time on one thing, what's missing? What do you feel like is being neglected? Um, and, and, and then you can look at how can you create space for what's missing. This, it's not about trying to shoehorn more into an already overloaded schedule, but about making sure the things you're doing are those things that are of highest value to you based on the, the, the values that you have, that you hold as important, the priorities that you've set for your life, whatever those may be. Uh, and so how can you create the space for those things? And, and there's, you know, things to look at. What can you drop from your schedule, whether permanently or temporarily? What can you delegate to other people? What can you defer until later? A really, a, a huge part of creating balance in your life is cutting down on the unnecessary to make room for the truly essential. And uh, that's, that's the hard thing. I think for a lot of us, we have this sense that we need to be able to do it all. And, and we're you know, we fear that we're going to miss out on something if we don't take on everything. And then the things that matter to us suffer. And so if that's how you feel you are, start looking at what can you pair out of your life to make room for what really matters. Once you've done that, look at how, how can you rearrange your day or your week to make better use of your time and energy, make more efficient use of your time and energy. Um, for instance, 
I, I, I've learned it's been such a great series of conversations in the the new the productive woman mastermind groups that are meeting now. Um, one person realized that trying to do the most important, and I'm using air quotes here, the mo- most important thing first in her workday didn't work because she's not at her best in the morning. You know, we all think, well, you're supposed to go in and eat that frog. And, you know, there's great validity in that idea of doing the hardest thing first and then the rest of the day's easier. But she has, you know, become uh, aware and realized that she's just not a morning person. She's not at her best then. So we talked about reorganizing her day to create a block of time in the afternoon when she is at her best to focus on the big, important, creative work that, that she needs to do. And then using those first couple of hours in the morning to do the lower energy requirement but necessary parts of her job like administrative work, emails, maybe social media, things like that that can be done that don't require her most creative thought and the most energy. It makes the day more productive and that means you get more done in that period of time which creates space for other things that matter. So I thought that was, you know, that's a a really great example of sort of rearranging your day to use it the most effectively. Another person in one of the mastermind groups um, has started going to bed earlier three nights a week so she can get up earlier the next day and go to the gym before work because that's a priority for her. And she's not trying to do it every day because she needs to leave some wiggle room. Uh, She kind of adjusts what day it is uh, depending on what she needs to do at the office that day so she can be at the office early on those especially busy days. So again, it, it's about being aware of what you need to do and where the where the, the space is to do those things. So once you've figured out what you can car, pair out of your life, drop, delegate, or defer, and you've rearranged your day to um, be able to be the most effective by doing things at the at the time when you're best able to do it, then you've created some space to get more of that, whatever that thing you feel is lacking into your life. And then the next question is, what small steps can you take to begin to incorporate more of whatever it is you feel is lacking? Uh, and and I, this, the idea of small steps is really important. I'm not trying to do a major overhaul because that doesn't work in most cases. But doing something small to start to create a new habit that serves your goals and your objectives. So are you missing social interaction? What small step can you do to add a little more of that? Can you, maybe you, you know, work hard and you work at, you know, you eat lunch at your desk. Well, can you take lunch away from your desk to meet up with a friend for a sandwich one day a month? Can you schedule a coffee date with someone every other week? Can you find a book club that meets once a month or a running club that meets, you know, two mornings a week or whatever works for you that will get you that social interaction you want to start developing friendships and relationships? Maybe you want to do more social interaction uh, as a couple, you and your husband. Can you invite another couple over to play cards once a month or something like that. So those are small things you can do to begin to 
if, if you feel like that social interaction and those relationships are lacking to get those in there. Do you want to, do you feel like you're lacking in um, physical exercise and taking care of yourself? You want to add exercise to your life. Okay. Saying I'm going to start going to the gym for an hour and a half every day, you know, before work might or might not work. Probably won't work unless you're, you know, unusually fit already, but you know, then you wouldn't be adding exercise or wanting to. But can you do, maybe take a 15-minute walk, 15-minute uh, walk during your lunchtime two days a week? Could you do a 30-minute walk on Saturday mornings? Could you find a gym near your office and go on, you know, on your lunch break or on your way home two times a week? One woman in in the mastermind group found a yoga class that is, is sort of subsidized by a group at her office, uh, so it's near, right there where she works, uh, and it was designed to fit within the lunch break with just enough time left over to change back into her work clothes and grab a bite to eat, and that's made a huge difference for her. So look for that small change that you can make. Do you, are you craving some quiet time to yourself to relax and maybe read and stimulate your mind? Well, you, you can say, I'm going to read a book a week, but maybe you really can't do that. So what's a small step? Maybe choose a book that you've had on your to-be-read list and commit to spending 15 minutes in the evening with a cup of tea and read one chapter of that book each evening. Something to consider. Are you working too many long days and you want to, car, you know, change that habit? Uh, maybe you work, you know, till seven, eight, nine o'clock at night. Could you, and, and maybe there's so much work that you need to do that, but you're, you're trying to make room for other things in your life. So could you decide to leave, you know, at six or five, one day a week and use that time for rest, relaxation, or relationships? Either way, you know, those are just some examples, but the point is to take small steps instead of trying to do a complete overhaul, which just is not sustainable because our, you know, we get back into our, the habits that we're used to. If we're trying to change the balance in our lives, um, we need to create new habits that serve our goals and values, and that's best done in small increments. So those are just some thoughts. Um, you know, the, the bottom line is that creating a balanced life is so um, individual and so kind of subjective. And most important, it isn't a once and done kind of thing. Balance is not something we achieve. It's something we practice getting to. And it changes all the time. And we need to be prepared to reevaluate it regularly and adjust as needed and go with, you know, look, get, get familiar with how you're feeling about your life and what little changes can be made to make you feel more satisfied and happier with the balance that you've created in the life that you want for yourself. Um, so what do you think? What does balance mean to you in the, in the context of your life? And where are you struggling maybe with creating the balance that you want for your life? Or what tools or, or what approaches are you using to improve the balance in your life? I'd love to hear your thoughts on this topic. 
as always, there's a number of ways you can share those. Uh, I'd love it if you'd uh, go to the show notes, uh, the comment section of the show notes at theproductivewoman.com slash 93. And you can, you know, put a comment there and I'll be sure and respond to that. You can also start a conversation by posting a comment or a question on the Productive Woman's Facebook page. And uh, then, you know, others can weigh in as well. If you'd like to share your thoughts on this topic with me privately, I'd love to hear from you. You can email your questions, comments, or suggestions to me at feedback at theproductivewoman.com. Or again, you can leave a voice message either on the website or the Facebook page. If you enjoyed this show, if you felt like it was worthwhile, and uh, I'd love it if you'd help me spread the word, you can do that a number of ways. First of all, tell a friend. If there's a, a woman or a guy that you feel like would enjoy this, this episode or any other, be sure and uh, just show them how to find it. Let them know that it's here. You can also share it out on social media. Every episode of the show has in the show notes, which is basically the blog post with the audio for the show on the website um, at theproductivewoman.com. Every episode has uh, sharing buttons that you just can click one button and share it uh, on your Facebook page or on your Twitter account, your Pinterest account. Google Plus and various others. So uh, not only this episode, but every episode has these buttons. And so if there's any episode you particularly like, I'd love it if you'd share it out on your social media channels. And finally, as always, it's really helpful if you'd consider leaving a quick review of the show on iTunes. And you can find the links for that uh, in the show notes at theproductivewoman.com slash 93. Remember to vote for us. Uh, for The Productive Woman and our friends or your other favorite podcasts in the podcast awards. You can vote daily between May 29 and June 12, 2016 and uh, make a real difference. Really appreciate your support there. Remember to consider sending me an email or a voicemail message about how the show has helped you to help me celebrate our second year anniversary of the podcast and also episode 100. And uh, if you can do that by June 25th, that would be awesome. Thank you. Uh, finally, a, a special thank you to the sponsor of this episode, FreshBooks. Don't miss out on the free 30-day unrestricted trial of their amazing accounting service by going to freshbooks.com woman and enter woman in the how did you hear about us section. And thank you so much to FreshBooks for their support of The Productive Woman. And that, my friends, is it for this episode of The Productive Woman. I am so grateful to you for spending your time with me to listen to this. I really do hope that you found something that's helpful to you, and I'd love to hear your feedback. And I look forward to talking with you again very soon. So until next time, remember, extend grace to each other and to yourself. And go make your life matter. The Productive Woman is a proud member of Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts to make you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx.